Hello and welcome to the Euractive Agri-Food Podcast. I'm Natasha Foote. And I'm Gerardo Fortuna. And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from Euractive's Agri-Food News team. So this week we're doing something a little bit different and we're bringing you a special episode delving deep into the EU's reform on geographical indications or GIs as they're known. So what are GIs and why should you care about them? Well, I'm going to leave you in the very capable hands of Gerardo Fortuna, who is going to walk you through all you need to know about his favourite subject. Today's topic for our weekly focus is geographical indications or GIs. Just a quick reminder for those few still don't know what GIs are. Uh, basically, uh, champagne, parmesan and other European delicacies legitimately bear the EU's GI logo, which protect their names against uh, imitation and enemies use because of their unique characteristics linked to their geographical origin and the know-how embedded there. For example, only dry cured meat produced in the hills around Parma can legitimately bear the name of prosciutto di Parma. Uh, likewise, champagne can only be made using grapes grown in the homonymous French region. Uh, while we're talking about this today, uh, we're not going to have a tasting sessions of GI products, unfortunately. Uh, uh, but we're digging into the main contents of the much-awaited proposals uh, to review the GI framework that the European Commission presented last March. And the system is not only very successful, it is also working quite well. But saying quite well does not mean that we cannot improve it. And I want to be quite clear, this is the, the purpose of what we want to do is we want to build on the success which we have carried out over the last decades and we want to improve those things which we have as a part of the impact assessment and the public consultation uh, identified as being able to improve or capable of being improved. And that's what uh, Mikael Nijar from Commission's DG Agri said uh, when presenting the main aspects of the reform uh, before MEPs in April. So the main message was, this is not a revolution, it is an evolution. And actually, much of the resistance to change uh, comes from uh, uh, GI producers, groups and member states uh, who believe that the current framework is good as it stands. Uh, but the other point is that the Commission's new proposals will amplify the powers of the office based in Alicante, uh, in Spain, UIPO, uh, which is a, a, new, a new EU agency, and which will basically lead the, uh, most of the technical procedure under the proposed reform. But we had the possibility uh, to discuss this, uh, uh, and particularly the, the most uh, uh, sensitive issues, uh, I'd say, with the main protagonist of this dossier. And to talk about uh, geographical indications we have with us uh, today, uh, Amandie Lecro, uh, who's the EU representative of Origin EU, uh, which is the voice of European GI producers and, and also the, the national GI antennas in, in the different member states. So uh, welcome, uh, Amandie. Thank you, uh, Gerardo, and thank you for having me today uh, in the podcast. And I'd like to introduce our listeners to, to GIs uh, through you, basically. And uh, you can tell them what's the added value of, uh, of geographical indications, according to you. Yes, so EU GI policy is one of the cornerstones of the agricultural policy, as well as an internationally recognized success story. 
uh, GIs contribute to the creation of added value for producers that are working collectively to promote and protect the unique quality of the traditional product. Through GI specifications, GI producers set up rules that are key to the success of GIs. So the real improvement this reform could bring are the reinforcement of producer groups in their role and responsibilities, as well as the strengthening of GI protection online and while used as ingredients. As Charles de Paris, the president of Origin EU, stresses regularly, we need an ambitious European geographical indication system to ensure that producers can continue contributing to the sustainable and economic development of rural areas across the EU. Yeah, and, and indeed, I mean, the, the, the actually, the question uh, comes uh, quite straight after after this uh, suggestion. Uh, do you think that the, com- the Commission proposal actually meets uh, these uh, problematic points uh, of the current framework that you just raised? Yes, the Commission proposal brings some improvements, of course, regarding the, the protection of GIs and the strengthening of producer groups. However, we are extremely concerned by the proposal of the Commission uh, which risks unraveling the world GI policy and its link to the agriculture and rural development. This relates mainly to the willingness of the European Commission to delegate the management of the GI system to the EYPO, uh, because GIs are much more than intellectual property rights and the protection of a name. And from our side, we think that the EYPO has no expertise nor competence to analyze many elements of GI specification. And this is why we think that this role should stay within DG agriculture. And the file is already moving at the European Parliament. Uh, just a reminder, now MEPs and the ministers have to come up with uh, a mandate to start talks, interinstitutional talks, and modify uh, the Commission's proposal. So we are here with uh, Paolo De Castro, uh, who's the rapporteur for the European Parliament of the Geographic Indication Dossier. Welcome uh, to the podcast, uh, Mr. De Castro. Good morning. Uh, good morning, everybody. And I'd like to start with the, uh, if you can list the main points of your uh, report that you presented, I think, some weeks ago already in the committee, in the Agriculture Committee. Yeah, uh, this is a very important dossier. We were waiting a lot to get this uh, important legislative dossier. The the main point is first to reinforce the producer group, uh, in particular to recognize producer group, preserving the national specificity of a system which is working very well at the moment. This is one of the points that we always underline during the debates in Comagri, because GI is a system we work. We want to improve it, not to change. So, uh, reinforce the role of producer is the first point. The second one is to increase the protection, in particular with regards to GI, GI used as ingredient at online protection. So, uh, what we want is to create a system to protect the, the, the groups that uh, are um, in uh, the, the name are online uh, without any kind of protection. And then we want to increase the protection online because online selling is increasing. And at the same time, we want to uh, protect the ingredients used by GI because sometimes uh, there are industry or retail or use the ingredients GI without specific any refer to the geographic indication. Third point, which probably is the most important, simplification. 
we want to simplify the procedure on, uh, for the registration of GI. Uh, and uh, of course, we want to give a more um, flexibility to the member states when the modification of, of the procedure is not uh, involved uh, 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 the, the common markets. And make a strong clarification of the role of a WIPO. Can you better clarify uh, the, the, the position of uh, the UIPO, uh, UIPO uh, like, I mean, because it's one of the most controversial aspects? The large part of the groups in Comagri, the risk that they, uh, they, they uh, advise is uh, that the agency of a WIPO should not overcome the role of DG Agri. So DG Agri should continue to have the, the responsibility and should have the responsibility for any modification of the producer rules and any new geographic indication procedure. But uh, the, the agency uh, of Alicante is an important agency, so we want to uh, take advantages to reinforce the system using this opportunity. So we try in this dossier to clarify uh, giving all the role that the agency can play at international level to reinforce the protection, to reinforce the, uh, the, the problem of evocation, which is uh, one of the big problems of uh, protection of GI, but not take part in the process of the new GI or in the modification of the producer rules. So we listened a bit to the complaints directed toward uh, a stronger presence of the UIPO, this agency based in Alicante, uh, in the process of uh, assessing GIs. And we have here with us today no less than the boss of uh, the EU IPO, uh, the executive director, Christian Archambault. So the first uh, thing that I'd like to ask, uh, we, we've just listened to uh, the producers, uh, the rapporteur uh, De Castro, uh, they're all a bit worried about the, this trademark approach uh, to GIs. Uh, um first can you just make a difference between trademarks designs patents uh, and, and and other type uh, uh, of protection and and i would also like to ask if geographic indications are different from these other subcategories of uh, epi ip rights well thank you very much and uh, good uh, good morning um Yes, indeed, uh, intellectual property is not always an easy topic. It has uh, many facets, and uh, maybe I'll try and put that a little bit simply. So under the umbrella of intellectual property, you will find uh, trademark, patents for inventions, copyright, design, plant variety rights, and trade secrets, but also geographical indications. Uh, and all of those have their, their specificities, not two, not two are the same. Um, at EIPO, we've been dealing mainly with trademarks and designs uh, since the, the setup of the office in, in 96 uh, trademarks and then 2004 designs. But since 2018, we've also been involved in several aspects of geographical indications. Um, we started, of course, with building some knowledge and do some capacity building. Uh, we expanded that. Uh, we do some promotion, some dissemination. 
Um, we have developed tools and databases, uh, the, the famous uh, GI View, which is the, the biggest and most complete uh, GI database in, in the world. But actually, the, the, at the core of all this is the fact that uh, we work for DG Agri, and since four years, we have been basically examining applications of geographical indication. Um, and uh, of course, putting it simply, um, GIs identify a good as originating from a particular place and having certain quality characteristics uh, and due to their origin. While a trademark identifies a good or a service as originating from a particular company. Um, trademarks are basically individual rights. Only one company in most cases uh, uses that. Uh, Maybe they can also license uh, the use of their of their trademark so that somebody else can use it. While for geographical indication, it is accessible to any producers in the geographical area concerned who wish to follow the rules of production of a certain GI product. Um, and they will remain a collective right. Uh, so I think that's, uh, that, that's one of the, the main differences in terms of their IP uh, concept. And the differences are important because uh, they need to be taken into account. Uh, actually, today we apply a completely different approach to the examination of GIs uh, than to the one that we apply for trademark. Uh, we have fully trained uh, GI examiners, about 25 uh, of them. Uh, and um, the knowledge gained, gained in examining GI applications has also been crucial, if you like, to understand the particularities of the GI. Um, so we are far more attentive um, now, for example, uh, to the issue of evocation, for example. So we regularly refuse trademark application or limit the, the scope of trademark applications because of the evocation questions of uh, prior rights, which are geographical uh, indications and um, in this way I think both systems have benefited from the fact that we got involved because I think GI are better examined and better protected in the context of other IP rights um, and uh, and trademarks have benefited as well from this other uh, that this other view and uh, actually uh, we've listened uh, from uh, we just listened from the producers there's one of the complaints uh, again this link with the rural development and in particular the uh, that uh, you know giving more powers to the UIP, UIPO IPO um, rather than the, the commission could actually weaken this link with the second pillar of the common agricultural policy and also another another issue is again the lack of competences so Basically, my question is how to win the, the doubts of uh, producers and also lawmakers when it comes to the uh, connection with the rural development funds. Well, I think maybe there is there uh, uh, at the beginning maybe some sort of a bit of a mea culpa to be done by us and by the commission. Uh, we have probably been uh, not ambitious enough in... Uh, advertising uh, what we do and how we do it, because basically we have been doing the work for four years and uh, uh, the only noticeable difference that you have uh, with 2018 is that the backlog of application that was present has disappeared. 
So actually, we have uh, accelerated the system. When we do an examination for DG Agri, the file comes to us and gets back to DG Agri within four weeks uh, with uh, the result of the of the examination, uh, the necessary correspondence that needs to follow either to the producers or to the uh, national authorities. Um, and I would say that apart from these improvements, uh, nobody has noticed really or has complained about the fact that the GIs suddenly uh, were no longer treated like GIs. So uh, from that perspective, it comes, let's say, from the very good collaboration that we have with, with the Commission. Um, we do, and the ambitions of the regulation is that we do at EOPO what we are good at. That is examination of application, registration, promotion, enforcement. Um, obviously, the European Commission is in charge of the policy area, so the cap, the green transition, quotas, sustainability. Uh, we focus on the IP angle and to make the procedure of registration and the defense of the right stronger. Uh, we have absolutely no ambition, and, and I think the regulation is clear as well, that uh, in the latest proposals that are being made, our uh, involvement is technical. And uh, other things that were mentioned before uh, in this podcast by the producer is um, uh, one of the main issues at the moment is the um, protection of GIs in online marketing. Um, uh, they want a, a better protection when it comes to this kind of uh, online uh, use of GIs. And I'd like to know if uh, if it's something where actually UIPO uh, could help in, in uh, coping with that. Well, uh, the answer is yes, of course. Um, obviously, since the pandemic, we have seen uh, an awful lot of commerce move online. Uh, this has, of course, helped companies modify their, their business model and also um, to, to expand to, to new markets. Uh, it has helped them cope with the, the changes of the logistics during the lockdown, uh, for example. They have created new services. Uh, but of course, this change has also provided opportunities for the bad guys. So um, uh, we are in discussions, uh, in concrete discussions with some of the online marketplaces uh, like uh, Amazon or, or, or Alibaba to help tackle the online, in, the online infringement of intellectual property rights in general. Uh, we are active in, uh, in many areas with, uh, with tools, with information. But for example, uh, one of the most important thing is to know whether a product online is genuine or not. In order to do that, uh, you need to have information about who is the uh, manufacturer of the product, what are its characteristics and where can I find them. So you need a transparent register of registered rights. If we get the responsibility for, uh, for GIs, uh, we would of course do it for GIs as well, but it has to be part of our mission. I mean, we need a legal basis and so we need a role in the regulation uh, in order to be able to, to do that. And the problem is getting bigger and bigger because uh, uh, just uh, the latest statistics from OECD say that um, online sales, so products that are seized by customs and recognized as uh, fake or contraband or, uh, uh, or dangerous product, 60% of the seizures 
come via online marketplaces. So it is a, a, a big problem and it is getting bigger. And a very last question on this uh, GI's uh, um, issue. Uh, it's, it's another request from, uh, from the producers, but also from lawmakers, uh, is to simplify procedures for, for registration. And of course, uh, maybe the involvement of EUIPO could actually multiply uh, the, the procedure, or maybe it's beneficial uh, for, uh, for uh, streamlining the procedure. What, what's your take on that? Well, of course, it depends which options will be chosen uh, by the legislator ultimately. Uh, what I would say is that as part of the, as the registration procedure is concerned, and at the moment we only do a pre-examination. Uh, with that pre-examination, we have managed to remove the backlog of application of DG Agri. So in a way, certainly we have made the procedure much faster. Um, the regulation does not contemplate changes in the national procedure because we must realize that uh, there is a national procedure first. Uh, but there, through our cooperation program with member states, in the trademark and design area, for example, we have helped member states to significantly reduce the time required to file trademarks and designs at national level. Uh, by helping with capacity building tools, cooperation. And obviously, if we get the mission to do that for geographical indication, we would also, of course, uh, have an impact, if you like, uh, on the procedures at national level through these cooperation uh, mechanisms. With regards to the European procedure, uh, I would say the more involvement there is from EU IPO uh, into the process, the simpler the procedure will become. Uh, we, we see what we have now, which I think is, as I said, for our involvement, the examination takes four weeks and the quality of it is such now that in 98% of cases, DG Agri simply uh, validates it and sends it through. So only 2% uh, raises uh, comments or, or questions or requires some, uh, some changes. So that's all from us this week. And this week, like every week, Your Actives Agri-Food podcast was produced by Your Actives Agri-Food news team. That's Gerardo Fortuna and Natasha Foote with the technical support of Evi Chiori. You can also find this podcast on all major streaming platforms that includes Amazon, Apple, Spotify and Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the latest news from the EU. I'm Natasha Foote. Thanks so much for listening and see you next week.